Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Brian Foster on Kardak Radio, presenting the program Spiritism and the Spirit World Around Us. Hello, this is Brian Foster on Sunday, August 6th at 7 p.m. Eastern. 4 p.m. Pacific and all time zones in between and all around the world. Now, we are broadcasting on three different channels. Now, one of the channels I've been broadcasting for quite a long time is Blog Talk Radio. I don't think we'll be blog- broadcasting on that very much longer. So if you want to keep listening to me, you may want to change to one of the other two avenues. Number one is Cardback Radio. I You can download that on your Apple or your Android device, look up the application store or the Play Store and look up Kardec Radio, K-A-R-D-E-C Radio. and You get Kardec Radio Spiritism 24 hours a day. And of course, every Sunday at 4 o'clock, you can listen to me in our programs. Now, the other way that it's going to be is I broadcast, I'm now broadcasting live. I have done, I think, for about a month on my uh, blog site, Spiritism and the Spirit World Around Us. Again, you can get to that site where you can actually write in comments and ask me questions uh, during the show, and I'll be happy to answer them. So, again, to get to that, it's Spiritism and the Spirit World Around Us group on Facebook. You can you can. Also get a link to that on my blog, NW, as in Northwest, nwspiritism.com. And on the right-hand side of the navigation bar, you'll see I have a NW Spiritism uh, Facebook group. And then below that, I have Spiritism and the Spirit World Around Us. The, the first group, I, I, just post, uh, I, I just post all my, my articles. You can also sign up to get daily emails uh, every time I post an article on my on my blog, nwspiritism.com. I have a lot of information there for uh, for people all, all about spirituality, spiritism, uh, everything you could you could want. So again, now just remember, again, this is every Sunday at four o'clock live. Invite your friends and enjoy the show. Now, if you want to call in while we're still on Blog Talk Radio, the number is eight five eight seven six nine seven zero five again that number is eight five eight seven six nine four seven zero five again blog talk radio I do not think we'll be using it much longer now tonight tonight is interesting tonight is free will and I'm going to start the broadcast on free will in a very peculiar way I'm going to talk about Diogenes now who was Diogenes a lot of people remember him as uh, during the time of Socrates and Plato, about 300 years before Christ, he rejected material goods and was reported holding a lamp looking for the one honest man in the entire city of Athens. None of his writings survived, only scattered reports of his sayings and activities. The most famous is when is when Diogenes came upon, is when Alexander the Great came upon Diogenes. Here's an account according to Wikipedia. It was in Corinth at a meeting between Alexander the Great and Diogenes. This is supposed to have taken place. The accounts of Plutarch and Diogenes recount that they exchanged only a few words. 
while Diogenes was relaxing in the sunlight in the morning, Alexander, thrilled to meet the famous philosopher, asked if there was any favor he might do for him. And Diogenes replied, yes, stand out of my sunlight. Alexander then declared, if I were not Alexander, then I should wish to be Diogenes. Now, why am I talking about Diogenes? Sounds like a, you know, a bit of an old curmudgeon, but and aesthetic, right? So he he did not he rejected materialism. He he was you know he was uh, just amazing person. So, but why do I talk about him and for you else? Because in the in the book The Spiritist Review, eighteen fifty nine, which was published I think uh, two or three years ago. Uh, and it's a it's a great book. It's uh, it's all of the magazines, the monthly magazine articles from Alan Kardec for the year 1859, and it went through all the different media meetings and everything they had. And in 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 this, there was in one report about an account of a medium's meeting with Diogenes. Now Diogenes is the one who told Alexander, "Get out of my sunlight!" Right? Alexander, of course, was about to become the ruler of of all of Persia, which was the greatest empire at that time. So this is what happened. So this is what they said. So this is what the magazine uh, in 1859 said. They asked Diogenes. Diogenes came and said, is it true what they say about your interview with Alexander? And he says, it's very true. History has even truncated it. So he cut it short. What, what is it that history has truncated, they asked. I refer to other conversations between the two of us. Do you really think they came to tell me one word only? And the next question. So it already sounds like Diogenes, right? Very curt, right? Commodionly. Is the statement attributed to him true if he, that he were not Alexander, he would be Diogenes? And the answer was, he may have said that, but not in my presence. Alexander was a crazy, vain, and proud young man. In his eyes, I was nothing more than a beggar. How could the tyrant be educated by the miserable? Interesting. So, have you? And then the next question is: Have you reincarnated on Earth after your life in Athens? The answer is no, but in other worlds. I currently belong to a world in which we are not slaves. This is where this is where it's interesting. It means that if you were evoked in the state of visual, you could not attend the request as I do tonight. I currently belong to a world in which we are not slaves. He was a truth teller. What does that mean to us in free will? Well, I'll tell you what I think it means. Now, other people may think differently. But Diogenes is, t- is talking to us like, you know, we were in elementary school and our older brother and sister was in high school or college. And we said, well, what it's like? And they would say, you know, you're on your own there. You know, they don't coddle you like some little kid like you are, right? I mean, just that gruff and the saying, okay, this is, this is what it is. And so think about that. Think about what the extent of free will is. We all like to think we have free will. You know, when I was uh, younger, right, before I, I encountered spiritism, I thought my life was just a, a series of chaotic events that, you know, some things happened to me that, that I couldn't control, but most of it was under my control. I made decisions for my life. Let me carry on with what his, his thing is. So. He also asked, could you delineate to us the qualities that you're looking for in man, how you conceived it then and how you conceive it now? 
So in the past, he was looking for courage, boldness, self-confidence, and power over people by intelligence. Now, abdignation means denial of things for yourself. Kindness and power over people by heart. Now, doesn't that sound exactly like the Spirit? This doctrine, kindness and power and self selflessness and power over people by heart. Now, does, is that, that's, you could call that Spiritism. And therefore, in that communication, there are two significant revelations. First is that Badajna, he says he lives in a world where people are not slaves, as I said before. So this is where it's just so interesting, where it tells us about ourselves. Now, he, he most probably didn't say that ever in the interview, and the interview is, is, is short, is he probably doesn't live on a planet of atonement, right? We live on a planet of atonement. What's a planet of atonement? A planet of atonement where every action has a reaction, we pay for our past wrongs. Spiritism does not like to use the word sin. They have to use the word wrongs. So, he probably lives on a, on a more advanced planet. It could be a planet of regeneration, which is the next step, which we will someday become a planet of regeneration. Or he may live on a higher planet than that. But it does tell you that what I believe is that, yes, we have free will, but that we are on such a low planet. It's like, yes, in, in nursery school or kindergarten, you know, they're not telling you what to do every moment, but you're being herded and you're being told what to do, and you may not even recognize what you're being told what to do. But think about that. So just think about what that means. And... Um, Think about the limitations of what that means. So let's let's talk about let's talk about that. Um, and there's a good example. So there's in the levels of planning in our lives, right? The levels of planning in our lives. We recognize the spirit as we recognize that we are put on earth to travel through a predetermined set of trials. Now, these trials are going to happen to us. Our free will does not affect to a much extent, just to a little bit of extent, the severity of the trials and those types of things. And things could change. I don't want to be absolute about this. There are always circumstances in the spirit world where things can change. I've read about them. I would say on the whole, though, probably not. So... We have free will in how we choose and react to these trials. Now, I would believe that in the world from where Diogenes was talking to us, he doesn't, he's not going through a preset determination, determined set of trials, of episodes. He probably actually figures them out as he goes or in concert because in the higher worlds, people are more in tune with spirits. And they talk to them constantly, right? They they talk to the spirit world. They, they give advice. Whereas here, we, we you know, we, we don't talk to them. You know, back in the old days, people talked to, to spirits, but that was through through different different people who weren't that advanced. And today, in our cultures, we we reject the idea of the spirit world. Well, that's not going to happen forever. That's that's going to change when we become a planet of regeneration. But as I said. We we will go through this, and we will live this predetermined set of trials, and we don't have much say over that. And that's where Diogenes thinks, you know, we're we're kind of slaves. We're on this track, and we and we are in 
you know, middle school, junior high, high school. And that when that period bell rings, that one trial ends and the next trial starts. So, so in essence, the spirit world sets us, you know, on earth to perform vital tasks. Some of us have have tasks of, of, of atonement, some of us have purposes to advance society, and the complexity of planning must be beyond our imagination, man. Imagine that planning everything we do, who we're going to marry, are we going to be in a car crash, are we going to be successful, are we going to be rich then lose it all, are we going to be sick at a certain time? There's a lot to our lives. And just think one life, and then multiply that by billions. So you just try and visualize the number of factors that go into just one life, not to mention the order of magnitude of variables when you add intersections with other lives, right? We all intersect. Everything just gets higher and higher powers. It's, it's, it's the power of combinatorics and factorials. So, you know, I really would like to see how they do the Monte Carlo uh, analysis. It's, ama- it's amazing. So now there's a small hint of the stratification of complexity when it comes to different types of spirits reincarnating. And in the book, In the Greater World, psychographed by Francisco C. Xavier, Chico Xavier, there is an interesting uh, interesting part of the book. And in this book, in this book, um, under Louis encounters his grandfather on the low spiritual plane. And it's in the lower zone. And he seeks to help his grandfather, and he realizes that a new life is required to help repair the psychic damage that's been wrought by his grandfather's past actions. And Andre is told his grandfather will, yes, they'll help him. His grandfather will be reincarnated, and Andre asks if he can count of help from his spirit friends. So this is the interesting part of what he's told. This tells us so much. So what happens? This is in the greater world on page 240. Of course, since it will be reincarnation merely for repertory activities and no involvement in communal interests. Our personal cooperation can be more decisive and immediate. There are many benefactors in this area who provide for a large number of reincarnations in regenerative circles. Let's see if we can examine our brother's future situation. So think of this. Merely for repertory activities. What does that mean? It means merely to repair what he has done before. He's not on earth to invent anything new. He's not going to bring the iPhone to us or the Android phone. He's not going to bring a new mode of transportation. He's not going to be a military leader or a political leader or an important doctor that's going to intersect with many important lives. He will be, most probably what that means, he will be one of the lower level workers. right? He'll, and so and we'll get into this later, too. So this shows you how careful the planning is. Because right now, the spirit world is planning our life, our lives, our collective lives, the human race collective lives, very carefully. Now, it doesn't mean everything goes perfectly according to plan. And that, you know, it, because even in the book On the Way to the Light, they had... Um, you know, they, they had tried different civilizations and tried different areas to, to bring the human race to a higher spiritual area with technology. And they've done that several times. They've done that with Atlantis, Lemuria, and they actually said in the a book Beyond the Veil, more than twice, more than three or four times. They've, we've been raised to a level of technology and they, boom, put us right back down again. 
So think about that. See, this is this is how we are as a student body led to a, a certain level. Oh, sorry, you're not there yet to be a plan of regeneration. We're going to have to bring you back down and get you so you can be technology technologically advanced and spiritually advanced. That's that's what they're looking for. They don't want us to be Amish or Mennonites. God, God love them. They're, I'm sure they are wonderful people. They want us to have both. And uh, so for, for the Luddites out there, that's bad news. But we're supposed to have both. <clears throat> Excuse me. So this is this is so interesting. Uh, you get these little hints in in, the, in these books. So Andre's grandfather will be reborn in extreme poverty. So he can experience hard work to re-educate his aspirations. So there's two salient points in this. The first is reference and involvement in communal interest. This implies that whenever anyone connects with an incarnate spirit who has been sent with a purpose, the ramifications of that person's physical life must be analyzed at a higher or more detailed level. Because evidently, the people at the level that Andre Luis talked to who can plan his grandfather's life in, into a more of a simple thing, they don't need that much direction from on high. They're given a lot of leeway. And second is that for anyone who planned to enter society at its fringes or at the unseen working class, God love them all, stage, is the planning is less centralized. Probably the number of factors and events are not laid, as laid out in detail are possibly less precise in the execution since a greater amount of variability is perfectly acceptable. In other words, the confidence interval for successful execution is allowed to be lower. So think of the, think of the graph, right, the confidence interval. And you want a high confidence, right, to, for someone important on earth. You want that, that leader or that doctor or, or um, Steve Jobs to come and, you know, bring us new technology. You want that confidence interval. You want that to happen because you're planning on it to happen, and it's going to intersect with many, many important people. Now, if you came and you you came back as a, you know, as a uh, just a simple manual labor, you are not going to. It doesn't mean that doesn't mean very high spiritual people don't come back as that. So I just want to make sure that I don't give the wrong impression here because some of the most simple people I remember. And one of the books, this, this person was like a stevedore, right? Someone who shovels coals into the into engines was a very advanced person. But he wanted that person wanted to come back and live that life to learn the lessons uh, he needed to learn. So don't think I'm saying that anyone who's at a a low skill level job is unimportant. That that's not necessarily true at all. But I think there's a good percentage of that 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 the spirit world can incarnate into these types of areas and not worry about each detailed little planning. So, you know, they can make decisions and things can go wrong or right. They could drink, you know, accidentally poison liquor or whatever and die. And, and it's not going to change. It's not going to change the, the forward thrust of history. So that's, so this is all talking about free will. So I know I'm getting into, um, Pretty interesting stuff here, hopefully, for, for people who like this type of thing, because I find it fascinating. Again, before I forget, if you would like to call in, and that's not going to last that long, though, or ask questions, please get on our live program right on Spiritism and the Spirit World Around Us 
every Sunday at 4 o'clock or call in at 858-769-4705. Of course, that's only going to last another month or so on Block Talk Radio. But I'd love to hear any comments you have or anything else you would you would like to say. So let's talk more about free will. Now, in my book, uh, in, in in my book, I, I've written a book, more of a personal book. It's uh, it's more about how I've seen the signs and the signals of of how I wish was taken. Whereas my free will, where I thought I had a lot of free will, was actually I was I was herded in a, in a certain direction. And that book is Seven Tenets of Spiritism: How They Impact Your Daily Life. And I go through what the seven tenets are, and I go through how 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 has the spirit world guided me, right? How, how what signs, you know, things that I thought were totally random, like what college I went to, all those things, were I don't think they were random. And this is where, again, Carl Jung talks about synchronicity. And he says synchronicity is where the spirit world is giving these things that you think are chance, really aren't chance, and they're hurting you. They're guiding you into a certain direction. And that's the other thing to remember about free will. Remember that we are always surrounded by spirits. And we are always, there are spirits around us. And they're always giving us ideas and suggestions. We, we don't recognize that as such. We think it's our own uh, idea, our own intuition. But they, they do. Again, that causes us on our free will. So, the other thing which free will does is, so what does free will also, you know, what's the, the symptom, what's the outcome of free will? Well, the outcome of free will, and this is the great thing, right? This is why, this is the law, and you read this over and over again in the books by Andre Louise, in the, in the, the books by G. Val Owen, is that Free will is given to us, and it's important because if look, if you want to know why everything is wrong in this world, why there's chaos, why there's injustice, why good things happen to bad people and bad and good and and bad things happen to good people, right? Well, it's all free will because if God wanted us all perfect, we would all be like ants. We'd all do our little jobs. We'd never deviate. But he wants spirits to become powerful, intelligent, but to retain your own little character, right? Your own type of personality. And you see this word a lot, they call it personality. And personality, so and free will helps us build our personality, not just in one lifetime, not just personality from being a kid to an adult. It's personality from one life, another life, another life, another life. Our personality builds all because free will. What else happens because of free will? Diversity, diversity of life. Diversity exists in the animal kingdom because of the process of evolution. That's what we are told, right? That's what the diversity of evolution. Well, yes, and diversity exists in our solar system and the universe in general because of natural laws that govern our environment. Diversity happens because of organic progressions, happenstance, and a myriad of other factors which have yet are difficult to be quantified. And all of, that's what we're told. And all of that is logical on the surface. But there's an underlying reason why planets are formed differently and animals evolve along a certain path and why some suns are hotter or cooler than others. This is because the universe wasn't just a random occurrence. 
It wasn't a big bang without reason. Our universe was created in a precise manner to unleash the creative ability of spirits, of spirits who started out as young, immature spirits, just like us. One day, we too will be one of the creative lords of the universe. And, and I've written articles on my on my blog about how you know the universe is created by thought, and even in the Bible, God thought he was created. And again, that's why we're being trained. That's why we have free will, and that's why we're being trained here on Earth is because we're being trained to handle our minds, right? If, if, if in the spirit world, if thought is actions, you can't have people like me who, who thinks random thoughts and doesn't control his thoughts going to the spirit world and doing something important. You have to have someone who's calm and cool and knows how, how to focus themselves. So if the original thought was by God, but as creation persisted, other realms, galaxies, solar systems at all, they were formed by the minions of the divine intelligence, of the spirituality. And the true underlying cause of diversity is revealed in the book Life Beyond the Veil, in the lowlands of heaven section. In the book of Psychograph, in the 1920s, 1910s, 1920s, and it was communications to the Reverend G. Bowen from Astriel in the spirit world. And he introduces the foundation of variety in our universe. And this all corresponds to free will. This is what he says. The heavenly bodies, and uh, Hester was a uh, high spirit in him. The heavenly bodies are the expression in matter of ideas originating among those high in the heavenly spheres of creative power. He said again, they are the expression in matter of ideas originating among those high in the heavenly spheres of creative power. One day, you too will be one of these high in the heavenly spheres of creative power. You'll be one of these high lords because that's what we're here being trained for. They are all in each the effect of thoughts and impulses proceeding from those spheres. When a world is in the process of creation, those high beings are constantly energizing and projecting into the forming matter their spiritual influence. And so to speak, character, the personality. Thus, although the planets of your system are all conformable to one great, great scheme of unity, they are diverse in their individual characteristics. These characteristics answer to the character of the great lords who are in charge. Astronomers are correct when they say that certain of the elements which go to form the Earth are found, say, in Mars and Jupiter and the Sun itself. But they would err if they would say that they are found in the same proportion or in similar combination. Every planet differs in scheme which governs them as a system. What is said here is that the units which go to make up the solar system may apply to the wider range of things. Considering the solar system as a unit is not identical, either in composition of elements or to planetary constitution with other systems, each difference from its fellows. What is he saying? He's saying that these great lords are the spirits who have traveled up the long ladder of improvement. They, at one time or another, experience each of the stages of reincarnation on different types of planets, just like us. Now, where are we? Well, we are only on the second stage. This is why our free will, so their free will, as they went up, their free will gave them distinct personalities. Right? They went through trials. They, they created their personality. We are only on the second stage. 
And earth is a plan, as I said before, of atonement. This is where we pay for our past wrongs in order to learn to follow the path of love, charity, fraternity. The great lords have all traversed the entire reincarnation process to become pure spirits. Well, who's an example of a pure spirit? Jesus. Some of his ministers that work for Jesus, Socrates, Buddha, Lozi, right? Those people are close to Jesus. So these are good examples of pure spirits. So no longer, these spirits don't have to come and reincarnate. They have learned to have absolutely control their thoughts, control their personality, control their minds. And they also know God in a way which we are incapable of comprehending at our level. They even said that in the spirit books. You cannot comprehend God. And even in other books, in Beyond the Veil, they say, even here, us in the spirit world, we don't really understand God. Now, higher, probably at Jesus' level, because the spirits that contact G. Val Owen and, and uh, Chico Xavier, you know, they're not at the Christ level either. I mean, so it, it's or you know, sometimes, maybe they haven't, I haven't read about it yet, but it's, even in the spirit world, understanding God is problematic, right? Even they say, it, it's not easy for us. You have to be very high up there. And uh, so it's very interesting. So this is what free will does. Free will allows us to be distinct, unique people. Now, isn't that interesting? This is the great love of God. And, but this is also why we have to go through this, this chaos, right? So for some people, you go through hell, right? So, you know, you, people die you love, you don't get the job you want, you know. And, of course, as we're younger, we blow all these things out of proportion. Uh, you know, talk to any, you know, any teenager. But it's because of free will, because we have to be trained that's why God did not create the universe to be a uniform structure with robot-like beings all obediently following the same path and responding to the same stimuli in the exact manner. He knew that a universe without individual choice would have all the variety of an ant colony. So hence, the supreme being endowed us with free will. So, as I said before, there's a price to be paid for it, for free will is the cause of all injustice and cruelty on earth. But we are allowed to discover for ourselves the pain and heartache that is caused by our wrong deeds. This is the purpose of reincarnation. This is why we live on a planet of atonement, which is the equivalent of a middle or junior high school, as I said before, and where the main goal of the teachers and administration is to get the unruly and hormonal teenagers past the tumultuous phase. That's us. Right? We're unruly, we're tumultuous, we're emotional, we're irrational. And whereas for our vulnerable young, the transition period only lasts two to three years, for the collective human race, the transition heart track is to acquire the necessary. Yes, Carolyn Bates, I'm in the elementary school. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's that's where we are. It's why it's you just have to love people. I just, it's amazing. It's like the spirit world loves us. And sometimes you think, why in the heck could they, how, how in the heck could they do that? Well, we love our kids, right? Even though they do stupid things all the time. So they love us. 
It's a wonderful thing to be here, isn't it? So, so you begin at the ancient Mesopotamian civilization around 6500 BC. So they in the span of what we know about, it's about 8,500 years they've been guiding us. Now, I believe it goes much farther back than that. The human race has reached, especially the hints at this, in several places. Not only in Beyond the Veil, by the Reverend G. Bowen, but also in Emmanuel on the Way to the Light, which he talks about Atlantis and Lemuria. So, very interesting things that we have, we have been quite advanced and then brought down a peg or two. Just like uh, just like in school, a class that got completely unrealistic. Sorry, you're taking this class over again. So that's us. So a cynic may well say that our primary advancements is really the ability to destroy each other more effectively, which is witty and true. Like anything that's kind of funny, it's true. But there's more. So where once there was no constraint on our inhumanity towards each other, for example, the world acceptance of slavery, torture, and wars. Now, people, you know, in our own little lifestyle, in our own learning, in our small span of our life, we, you know, we're going to say, oh, the world's always been a terrible place. Oh, yes, and then, it's a, yes, life is about learning, and we learn with these decisions we make one way or the other. Exactly, that's exactly what it is. We are here on this learning experience. But as I was, as I was saying... We always think, well, everything is, people are cruel, they kill more people. And yes, people are still cruel, people are still dying. But you can see that there's not, there's a consensus against, you know, slavery, torture, wars. There's, there's, there's getting to be, there's, there's the, the set of, of, of accepted um, behavior is rising a bit, right? Socrates. Socrates was killed around 400 B.C., because he was against, he was saying might is not right. Before they said, hey, if you had the power, you were right. There was nothing over there. For some reason, the gods wanted you to have the power, you gave you the power, whatever you decided, that was okay. And Socrates said, no, that's not true. And that's why they put him to death. They gave him uh, drink hemlock. So, there is advancement to our short lives. It looks slow. You have to look beyond one lifetime. In our field of vision, we see disaster on every corner. But upon reflection over hundreds of years, one can detect a slow, almost glacial pace to ours, to ourselves. Forward. The Spirit will tell us that the growth of mankind won't be a straight, upward sloping line, but rather an upward spiral where great wars, catastrophes, and other cataclysmic events may seemingly hurl our progress. We could go back a step or two, but then we are positioned to acquire the collective lessons we so sorely require. The example of this is the Dark Ages. Rome was founding at the urging of the spirit world. The spirit Emmanuel, who was a spirit mentor and guide for the famous Brazilian medium, Chico Xavier. And he tells us in his book, On the Way to the Light, how Rome was first settled. That's what he said. Tormented. Exactly. Uh, as Carol said, it's getting better, not worse, regardless of, of, of what the media portrays. Yes, and of course, the media would like you to see it's disaster every day, every way, every minute. That gets your eyes glued to the TV, makes you watch more commercials, and makes you more a materialistic consumer. This is something that spiritism is trying to tell. No, we're not on earth to be just a consumer. So, 
Um, tor- this is what uh, Emmanuel said. Tormented and vexed by repeated battle with the Golds, the Etruscans decided to take up a new life and guided indirectly. Again, this is their free will, right? <clears throat> These Etruscans were there, said, oh, we're going to have this group. They're going to they're gonna found the city of Rome. By messengers from the invisible world, a large portion of them settled in the future Rome, which at that time was nothing but a village of simple, unprotected hovels. Yes, and as someone said, we progress a lot. In other ways, not so much, but we are destined to progress. Exactly. And that's what I've said before, too, is that, and, you know, let's say, uh, again, we've been reset. We may be reset again. I don't, and Spiritism tells us we we have a couple more years so we'll know if we really start getting that next level or not 2019 uh, I'll talk about that in another program but uh, I think many people think that we are we are on the upward trend towards a regenerative world at this point but I don't remember oh so what do I mean by a reset so a reset is when and this is talked about in the book uh, uh, on the way to the light and just like a little footnote, and it's also talked about in other places in Chico Xavier's books and also Beyond the Veil, where Emmanuel talked about the, the Atlantis and Lemuria. And what, what these were is, is these civilizations had, had progressed technologically, but spiritually we were, we were too primitive to handle the, the uh, technology at the time weapons and so on and I'll, so that's the question was asked uh, let me go on to one of Chico's uh, uh, as reported by uh, uh, Geraldine uh, Lemos Neto is that in 1969 again this has to do with free will right this is this is right this is why we are allowed to do these stupid things 1969 men were men went to the moon now in the book on the way of the light they talk about a a meeting of the community of pure spirits. It happened twice. And he said a third one's going to happen. The book was published in 1944. Uh, it was most of the stuff that happened in the book was probably around 1939, around that, that time. Well, yes, indeed, that third meeting did happen. And it happened in 1969. Why? Well, because men went to the moon. And the spirit says, well, look, these people on the planet Earth they're able to go to the moon. They have an atomic weapon. They've already exploded two of them. What, what, why, you know, are these people ready? Are they spiritually ready for this technology? Because you have to be spiritually ready. So uh, the pure spirits, let me ask you, who or what are the pure spirits? So a good example, and one of the members, and beyond the veil, they're saying that Jesus is the head of the pure spirits, but in the book of Manuel, he says that Jesus is a member of the council. These are very high spirits with very powerful wills. Uh, Jesus actually, according to Emmanuel, helped and the community of pure spirits actually helped create our solar system. Now, a lot of that was done strictly through the laws of nature as we know now, but they also guided that with their thoughts. So these are very high, powerful, creative lords who, by the way, have all gone through the same training that we are going through now. So, um, where was I? So, oh, I love this because it gets me off these, and then I, I go off on, on different things. So, in 1969, they met. They said, 
these people again, they're you know they're creating these these weapons and they don't have they don't have the means to, to control themselves. So what Chico reported was that okay, they're gonna they're gonna notch us back a bit. Now Jesus intervenes and don't give them fifty years, and that's why. Uh, I even have that on my blog, nwspiritism.com. If you look up prophecy, it says, okay, they have 50 years. If they have a uh, nuclear war in those 50 years, we will do major changes into Earth that will knock, knock the civilization back to another dark age. Or at least, maybe not a dark age, but it will knock civilization back. And in fact, what Chico said is that Practically all of the northern hemisphere would be uninhabitable for a while. But if we were able to go 50 years without a nuclear war, which will end in July 2019, almost two years from now, um, then we will have, we will keep going on and the path we are to that plan of regeneration. So is that the generation promise noted in the Bible of 50 years? promise you're speaking of. Now, I don't know exactly. Different people have different ways of reading of reading things. And in fact, if uh, again, in this marvelous book, and I recommend you uh, people get that, On the Way to the Light, again, by Chico Xavier. You can find that on Amazon.com. And of course, I, I write all about it in my book, Explore Your Destiny. And you can see that book, Explore Your Destiny. If you go to my website, nwspiritism.com, You'll see it on the right navigation bar. There's a link to it on, on Amazon. And it goes through the what Emmanuel says, but the meaning of the apocalypse. Now, again, I'm getting off again. But if you look at, and I don't remember this uh, perfectly, so if anybody knows, please tell me. But a lot of the apocalypse already happened. In fact, uh, Emmanuel says the number of the beast, remember that 666, the number of the beast? Well, actually, that 666 is is the three different names, and I, I don't have that in front of me on this program, of the Pope. And it was the church. It was the Pope who, who would, the Popes had corrupted Christianity, which I'm sure no one would object to, to that. That's much better now, of course. But if you took, if you took the three different names in Latin of the Pope, and you, each of those names, you, you moved the letters around to make numbers, each one of them would come up to 666. So, anyway. So, again, this shows you how our free will is guided, right? So, as I was saying before, is since we are on this planet of atonement and we are learning, our free will is less than you think it is. And as, da, as I said at the beginning of the program, as Dajani says, look, and, of course, that was in uh, the Spiritist Review, 1859. Look, you people are mostly slaves. And what he's telling us is that, yes, we have free will, but it's limited. And, therefore, the people who rise up to become powerful in certain areas, right, they have less free will than you think of. Interesting, is it not, is that, that we are being guided by that. So, and this is how the spirit world works with our free will. And, and, Again, when Spirit World brought up Rome, built it up, and again, and, and on the way to the light by Emmanuel said, the Spirit World brought, Jesus came to us on earth 
to help all of us, of course, but really the primary aim was to try influence the the people in charge of the Roman Empire to become instead of this this slave you know power hungry city uh, is to become a more benevolent become that city of light on the hill to help everybody with with their good you know their good organization their structure right there's a lot of good things the Romans did um, but evidently through the collective free will of the leaders of the Roman Empire and successive generations they mostly went for for uh, monetary gain, right, and power. So this is why we go through these stages. So now think of it. While the Dark Ages seem to be a a real great leap backwards, which I I believe it was, it was necessary to re-educate the millions of souls who had lived in the glory days of expanding empires. They had brought back down to understand that acquiring dominion over others is not the path to love, fraternity, charity, but the road to perdition. Thus, civilization was destroyed, and out of its ruins, a new one was created. And the upward spiral, so think they keep saying this, there's a spiral, right? The history isn't a straight line, it's a spiral. The upward spiral then happened with the Renaissance. Now, let's, let's take a real example of that. Um, let's take of, of things that kind of go on a spiral and how, how things do. Let's take that down to an individual level. So in this book, Memoirs of a Suicide, which is a marvelous book, uh, Yvonne Piera, Memoirs of a Suicide, it's a, it's a group of recovering suicides are being brought forward to a lecture, a lecture area to travel through their past lives to determine how they arrived at the life where they committed suicide. Because, as I said before, you're not supposed to commit suicide. You're on Earth for a certain amount of time. You're supposed to last that through. And if you commit suicide, then you have to stay in the umbrella or all over the lower zone until the date that you were destined to leave. So, and they're trying to say, hey, why did you commit suicide? And let's, let's go through this and see why. Because you're supposed to, you know, atone for your wrongs, etc., so the first person they interrogated, this is uh, Camilo Branco, which is a marvelous book. If you can read Memoirs of the Suicide, I would uh, recommend it. Was Amandu Fierro, and he had cancer, and to pay for his treatments, he embezzled money from the bank where he worked. His cancer was attacking his tongue and his throat. Then he was brought on, and they looked at his previous life. So think, I just, I just talked about how the spirit world guides the world, right? Now, let's look how they... That's how they determine our free will on a a micro, right? There's a macro basis and a micro basis. So Amado appeared to us, depicted by his own mind, right? This is like, you know, 4D films. In the year 1840, so he was a suicide around 1899 or so. So this is his previous life. In his previous life, so remember, in his life that he committed suicide, he had throat cancer. And, of course, this was a time when they could not really cure it. They'd probably have to cut off, cut out most of it. So he, in the year 1840, he appeared as a trafficker of black slaves from Angola to Brazil. He was from Portugal, which explains our affinity for him. This, this is why I'm reading here. By means of a series of voyages, he enriched himself with that horrible trade, not sparing any efforts in his vile ambition of returning to Portugal as a millionaire. 
He inflicted indescribable torment on the wretches as he rounded them up in their free homeland to make slaves of them and handed them over to the ignoble accomplices sharing the same deranged ambitions. He was terrible human conduct. He excelled in the mistreatment of his captives, ordering them to be flogged for the most insignificant wrong or even for no wrong at all. Once on one of his plantations, he raped a black slave who was little more than a child. Her poor father was an elderly slave of 66 years of age. In a moment of supreme suffering before the body of his child, who had chosen death to hide her shame, he condemned Amado's vile act, accusing him of his daughter's suicide. In retaliation, Amado ordered the cruel farmhands to burn the old slave's tongue with a red-hot iron until he collapsed in convulsions of agony. So Amado tortured many, many people, and he took out the tongue. He burned out the tongue of this poor black slave. So they were all watching this. You know, Everybody was on part of this kind of this, this hospital where they talk to suicide so they can help them get through the next life so they don't commit suicide. So then you fast forward to Portugal where Amadou, he dies a rich man. After he dies, he finds himself in a jungle, right? So, you know, the, these people create their own purgatory, right? From their own, you know, in their own thoughts. So he spends years there, terminated, tormented by by people all around him. These are his old past slaves, you know, whatever, who hated him, right? They all wanted revenge, which of course is a waste of time for those spirits, but they didn't know better. Until one night, the old slave was his name, uh, 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 Frederico, whom he burned out his tongue came up to him and said, come, master, get up. Let's leave this place. He had forgiven him, and he came to free him from those who did not learn how to let go of the desire for revenge. So then the instructor explains to the audience that many of the slaves from past lives came from past lives as oppressors. Federico, what was he? The, the slave that had his tongue burned out. Federico, in his past life, he was working for the Roman emperor Hadrian. And he committed many crimes and therefore paid his penance as a slave. And at the end of the interrogation, so look, think of the tapestry. You know, think of a, that, that Persian carpet of how the, the threads go through. This is, this is the tapestry that's exponentially more complex of our lives. So Amadou committed suicide because he had throat cancer, because he tortured this, this poor black slave, Right, burn out his tongue. Well, the person who was a slave was in the previous life. From that, he was a general for the emperor Hadrian, who actually probably committed many crimes. He had many slaves. So, at the end of the interrogation, the instructor revealed a surprise for Ramadeo. So, at a signal, the instructor side door opened, and out came Federico, appeared serene and great. This is this is this is the black slave that he had tortured. He came to him at this hospital, in this lecture bin, and he walked towards his former master. And now in possession of his entire past, Amadou looked at him in terror. And slowly and imperceptibly, Federico transformed himself using the power of his will, right? Because thought is action in the spirit world, right? He transforms himself. And what did he become? He was Amadou's father. His name was Romero Ferrari. He, 
he volunteered to reincarnate to become Amado's father to help Amado become a better person after his terrible first life. So this is this is this gives you the details of how the spirit world operates. So the machinations of the spirit world are a wonder to behold. When you read about the relationships that have been set up in the spirit world for us, it makes you think, who exactly is my mother and father, right? My brothers and sisters and other relations. This is, again, one of the reasons why we don't have memories of past lives. Imagine Amdur, you know, as a child, trying to have memories of his past life and go, oh my heavens, I, I tortured my father? That would be hard. That would be horrible, would it not? So, that is, uh, so I've kind of talked from the, the macro and the micro of how, you know, why we have free will. What does that mean? So, in Alan Kardec's book, Genesis, uh, chapter 11, section 24, there's a, there's a discussion called spiritual genesis. And Alan Kardec lays out the map required to ascend in the spirit hierarchy. In easy to understand prose. And I really recommend the, all, all of Alan Kardec's books. And just for let everybody know, uh, if you go to my blog, nwspiritism.com, and there's a picture of Alan Kardec in the top right that will take you right to the EDI CEI bookstore. And you can find all the books by Alan Kardec, uh, Yvonne Piera, Francisco Oscar Chico, Xavier, and others. Uh, which you can buy. You can also find these on Amazon. Also for Alan Kardec, his book Genesis, I think all of his books, you can find on PDF. You just do a Google search, you can find on PDF. That's how I found them. I got my first, there's book, Heaven and Hell, uh, Genesis. I found those all on PDF, and that's how uh, I got introduced to Spiritus. So, on this uh, chat, section 24, this is what he, he says. The incarnate spirit's obligation to provide for the sustenance of its body, its safety and well-being, constrains it to, it to apply its faculties in the search to exercise and develop such facilities. Thus, its union with matter, which means our spirit, our spirit body union with matter, is useful for its evolution, and that is why incarnation is necessary. Furthermore, by means of the intelligent labor that it performs, Upon matter, to its own advantage, it concurs in the physical transformation and progress of the globe that it inhabits, meaning we all affect society. We all affect how the world is progressing. God doesn't put us on an island all by ourselves. God does not want monks and nuns uh, or, you know, like Buddhist monks or other aesthetics, right, to live in caves, never interfacing with anyone. We are all connected, and we all need to help each other rise up. So, it, it, therefore, it concurs in the physical transformation progress of the globe it inhabits. It's laboring for its own progress is how it contributes to the creator's, creator's work as an unsuspecting agent. So what Alan Kardec is telling us is that as a primitive spirit, we must first learn how to feed and fend for ourselves, right? And by... Yes, I do. And I fact, um, yeah, well, the Facebook page you're on right now looking at this is kind of the one major Facebook page is um, Spiritism in the Spirit World around us. But there's also, I have a another Facebook page where I, I just really publish from my blog every day, and it's called uh, NW uh, Northwest Spiritism. 
and you can go to my blog NW Spiritism, and you'll see a link to to that uh, to that Facebook page. So what Alan is telling us, so, so as first we just learn, you know, we learn the basics, right? By doing so, the young spirit is taking society forward, right? How to live, how to get, how to feed itself. And as groups gather together to form tribal units to better supply the small community, food and protection. At the same time, a basic division of labor appears. As we take toddlers to play with other young friends to begin, oh, yep, there it is, to begin the process of socialization, so does the spirit world set immature spirits on the ground to learn the basic rules. That's what we are. We're basically immature spirits. And next, Alan Kardec reviews the process for advancement. The spirit's incarnation, however, is neither constant nor perpetual. It is only transitory. Upon leaving one body behind, it does not take another immediately during a shorter or longer length of time. It lives a spirit life, which is the normal life, right? That's what we are. We are immortal. Most, most of our life will be as a spirit, not as, uh, not as a human or a type of human on other planets. And this, Alan Kardec goes on to say, during a shorter, longer length of time, it lives a spirit life, which is its normal life. Hence, the amount of time spent during its different incarnations is very small compared with the time it spends in the state of a free spirit. And during the intervals between its incarnations, the spirit also progresses in the sense that it uses for its advancement the knowledge and experience it acquired during its corporal life, means our physical life. It examines what it did during its earthly stay, reviews what it learned, recognizes its wrong, draws up its plan, and makes resolutions by which it hopes to be guided in a new existence as it tries to do better. It is in this way that each life is a step forward on the path of progress, a sort of practical schooling. So that, my friends, is really what free will. Free will on earth, as why we are in this practical schooling, as called by Alan Kardec, is not that much free, right? We really are herded along on a definite path. And and that path is there, and it wasn't there to punish us, to make life miserable for us for our past wrong. It's there to help us recognize what we did was wrong and to change our character so we don't do that again. Now, free will is not only on earth. Free will is also in the spirit world. In the spirit world, you also have free will. You do not have to. You can be on the lower zone. You can be stay where you are. You don't have to rise up in the spirit hierarchy if you do not want to. There's this great part in the book, uh, No Solar, and this is right, off, right on the first level of heaven. And everyone works, or most people works. And you're given, like, bonus hours if you work. And if you get bonus hours, you can do things like go back and contact your family on Earth. You can, after you save up so much, you get your own, own uh, you know, house, etc. And there's this one lady who's been in the spirit world, like, I think, six years. And she's uh, worked a total of about, about five weeks. Because she never liked one job after another. She said, can you find a job? No, I don't like that job. Well, how about this job? No, I, I didn't like that job either. So, free was She was a nice never did anybody any harm, but she just thought, you know, she wanted to be kind of a, not do anything. Heavens, I don't have to do anything. I don't want to do anything. So I said, okay. You know, you're not going to get all the benefits, right? Because in the spirit world, especially in the heaven, is different levels of heaven. You go through colleges and schools and you learn. I've talked about that. You learn more and more as you, then you ascend, right? Because 
think of these pure lords, right? These creative lords that create the universe. They didn't say, hey, I'm going to be a creative lord one day. I'm going to create the universe. No, they went through rigorous training, right? They're how to process the spirit world. In fact, in the book Beyond the Veil, it's the whole thing from, and, with, and of course, I use these numbering systems. And Beyond the Veil, the spirits say, we're, we're just using number systems. Other people use these other numbering systems. But like from levels 1 to 10, per se, is this is all just about learning the process of the spirit world, the, how it works, what's there. You know, it's like the, it's like the periodic table of elements. This is how everything works. This is how you, you learn to start controlling your mind. When you get above that, then you start really being the creative spirit. You learn how to be part of the creative team, how to help guide the progress of evolution, right? To, you know, create these little mammals that are going to take over for dinosaurs when that planned asteroid hits the Earth. Those are the type of things. So I hope that has given you a good idea of free will and that if you invest in the time to improve yourself and make yourself you know, a, 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 a person who is a loving, charitable, fraternal, and honest person, right? Doesn't take advantage of others. No one wants you to be, no one expects anybody to be a saint here, you know. I'm so far from it, you know, but at least start, and if you can start to control your, control your mind, control your emotions and your negative thoughts and, and filter out those bad thoughts from these spirits around you and other people who are telling you, oh, you should hate this person or, you know, or bad gossip, things like that. If you can start doing that, you will be well prepared for that next step. You will start ascending much more rapidly in the spirit world. And that's what spiritism is all about. It, spiritism is is knowing that that Jesus is our, the governor of our planet. The spirit world loves us. They're guiding us. We live through this life. Yeah, it's not pleasant many times. And I, you know, I too, I have to go to work every day. Do I love it? Well, it it feeds the family. And it makes me help make the house payment. Is that what I want? No. But I try to do the best that I can. I try to to be the best I can. Now, I fail every day, but I try to evaluate what I've done. And also what the spirit system tells us is try and meditate when you can, you know, think of these things and just think about how you can improve yourself. So I want to thank everyone uh, for all your contributions today. And remember, again, you can always visit my blog site, nwspiritism.com. And again, I'll write that. I'll write that down right here. Is nwspiritism.com. You can always go there. You can see. You can see uh, articles written on spiritism. You can sign up and get as I write. I only do like one article a day, so I'm not going to attack your inbox. I'm not going to spam you. Um, check out the books. Oh, you're welcome. And uh, oh, another question: When when are you tied up in prophetic events and experiences? The amount of free will starts to be reduced. Of course, we can opt out, but doing the right things means not ignoring events and signs. Much of my time is therefore not my own. Exactly, I totally agree with that. And that's when I I, I like started the program talking about free will on a macro and micro level about Andre Luis's dad who was coming back as more of a simple laborer where he was 
not going to intersect with anything, any of the power structures. And yet, um, as just as you said, is that is the more important, you know, in these more important events that are going to actually make differences to the um, um, to the destiny of the Earth. Your free will is, I, I believe, your free range of, of making dumb decisions, right, is is reduced. So yes, and you can you can opt out if you're really uh, dedicated to say no, I don't want to, I don't want to do this, right? You know, let's say Steve Jobs said no, I'm, I don't want to help make this iPhone. I'm I'm just going to be, you know, I'm going to retire to the beach, right? Treat myself. No, you can do that. So yes, I I totally agree with exactly what what you just said. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah, include biblical events in microcosm and historical recurrences. Yes. Yeah. These are all guided. You know, these are, are planned, and they're not planned. As again, as I said before, they're not planned to punish us or torture pine. They're learning experiences. They're, they're just like they're just like you know a pop quiz given by a teacher. Oh, what do you know? Okay, if you don't know this, let's let's study this. This is how all these things work. They're they're all they're all. Um, Constructive. Oh, if Massachusetts is governor of the Earth, who is the president? I don't know. They just call him the governor of the Earth. Um, so, and 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 that's a good question. There's a lot I don't know. Uh, this is stuff we've heard within Spiritism. Uh, there are there are spirits, right, who are in control of arms of the galaxy, sections of of our Milky Way, of the Milky Way, of other galaxies. I believe there's there's multiple universes out there. Um, so there's there's a lot of hierarchy, I believe, above Jesus. Uh, so very interesting, and uh, and I don't know. There's, and and this is the great thing about spiritism, is in what spiritism tells us about, like you know, it tells us about uh, things that are are told to us, like the Old Testament, the New Testament. Well. Remember, the spirits talk to us. What they say is the spirits talk to the human race at the level of culture and technology they have at that date, right, at that time. And they can say things, you know, let's say in the Old Testament, Earth was created in six days. They probably told them Earth was created in X billion years, whatever, and in their minds it was, oh, six days, that's all we can, you know, about as high as we can count. I'm sure it wasn't exactly that. But, yes, those type of things, that's why... Spiritism says it, it's, you're not going to get this one static piece of paper and say, okay, God says do this, right? The spirit world says do this. This is why spiritism is, is created. You know, they have we have spirit groups throughout the United States, a lot of spirit groups in Brazil. They have mediums meetings where they get more information. They get a lot of uh, personal information as far as how to help yourself spiritually and what to do. Uh, but they also have other things. So the spirit world, and as we become a plan of regeneration, we will be more and more in tune with the spirits all the time. So it will be a give and take in the future. So I hope that uh, helped that answer uh, your question. Say, oh, I wonder where you can decipher metaphors from actual events. Um, oh, wait, I, I missed that one. I wonder where you can decipher metaphors from actual events. In the Bible, though, yes, there's a lot of that, and... Um, and that would should be a, another program. I think that's a, a 
Yeah, because I'm sure a lot of actual events and, and what they think they happen and, and how that was interpreted would be very interesting. And then, again, end times is an important change time. We are going through a flip in the elliptical sine wave affecting collective consciousness. Yes, end times is not end of days. And again, that's going to be another uh, another um, discussion. Is in, because I was just thinking about this the other day. As far as what does that mean? What if we become a planet of regeneration? And it's not like we're going to have all these earthquakes and then we're going to wake up like some of these marvelous um, TV series and movies, right? We're like, so, you know, my wife's gone, right? <laughs> yeah, we are, we are evolving, not ending. Exactly, exactly. Um, that's not the way it's going to be. But, so let's talk about this for a second. So when we become a planet of regeneration, what does that mean? So I, 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 let me just quickly, some of the, just kind of state this because it just really serves its own um, this own uh, program. But we're really changing our harmony, and I think as a, as the one commentator said, we're changing our harmony, our vibration. We will become a lighter. We will become less matter and more energy. The whole planet will transition from a planet of atonement to regeneration. Now those souls, those spirits who have not demonstrated that they want to be part of this group, who don't have the, within the law of affinity, will be given to places in other planets, right, at a at the level of a planet of atonement. They won't be here with us on the planet of regeneration. So there is some, there's truth in that Bible as far as people being spread out, because you will not, the people who are not ready, like these immature spirits, at one time they will be, right, everyone will, will progress. But the uh, the immature spirits who are not ready to be, be a part of the planet regeneration will be delivered somewhere else. So anyway, um, I will uh, end the program there. I think we've been going on for actually over our time. And I want to thank everybody again for another marvelous program. It's very good questions. And, and again, 4 o'clock on uh, Pacific Time, 7 o'clock Eastern Time, Every Sunday, oh, thank you too. Every Sunday, I'll give a talk and we can explore spiritism and the spirit world around us together. And please, if you have other ideas for programs or whatever, uh, give me give me your suggestions. Thank you so much. And I will start the end credits right now. Oops. I'm slow today. There we go. I would like to thank everyone. I'd like for to thank everyone for listening to Hardak Radio, and to point you in the direction to find more information about the spirit world around us. You can visit my blog at www.nwspiritism.com. Again, that is www.nw as in Northwest Spiritism.com. And if you are ever in the Northwest. I certainly would welcome to have you come to our meeting on Bainbridge Island near Seattle in the state of Washington. Many blessings to all of you, and please continue to explore spiritism and the spirit world around us.